welcome to the only podcast that's all about Fort Meade, our community, and life in the military. I'm your host, Joe Nieves. And I'm your co-host, Sherry Kuiper, and you're listening to Fort Meade Declassified. Sherry, we've covered a lot of different places and people on, the, on, on Fort Meade, and we've spent, uh, we've spent a significant amount of time talking to some of our teammates over at DISA. And today we get to talk to a very different kind of teammate over at DISA. So I'm really excited. Uh, we got uh, Mr. Jason Martin from DISA who, who manages a, a, an internship program, which, you, you know, it's DISA. You, you see how cool they are, all the cool stuff that they do. You know, we've heard about the different uh, types of uh, departments and programs they have. So what, what can you tell me a little bit about this? So Mr. Uh, Jason Martin does oversee intern program there. And what's really great about this interview today, Joe, is that not only are we going to learn a little bit more about DISA, because literally every time we talk to them, my mind is blown about the extent yeah. and depth and breadth of the work that they do. And I'm always, I always walk away so impressed. And I feel like you know, this is like a good museum. We're not going to figure out all its ins and outs in one day. You have to kind of keep revisiting yeah. it and going back. And so I'm excited about that. And I'm also excited because they have an amazing internship program that a lot of times when people look at Fort Meade and look at the big powerhouses, DISA being one of them, they wonder, how can I get there? And whether you're high school, college, you know, internships, a thing, and DISA provides some of these internships. So I think it's just a great opportunity to sit down with Dissa and one, learn a little bit more about one of our favorite tenant partners who loves our podcast so much and to give the community an opportunity to learn how they can get involved and maybe get their foot in the door yeah. at one of the, you know, the biggest, uh, you know, defense information system agency tenant partner that we have here on post. So Jason, uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we're really excited to hear about this program. Can tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, first I'd like to start off by thanking both you, Joe and Sherry for the wonderful introduction. Um, and also thanking you for letting us be part of this program that you run at Fort Meade, which I think has been great. Uh, and, and it's really getting the word out about the incredible mission that we do have here at Fort Meade. Each of us came to DISA from different places and different careers and different locations. I actually started my career in the private sector, but after I'd been in the private sector a while and worked with the federal government, um, I really had a successful career there, but I also realized that I could have a greater impact um, working in public service. So when I had the opportunity to move to DISA, I took it, no questions asked, first thing came to mind and, and, and I made that career leap and it's been wonderful ever since. Uh, as the people on in the podcast that are listening to the program today know, there's something special about working towards a mission. When I talk to people about why I joined DISA, I tell them the fundamental question we ask ourselves is, thinking of the warfighter, will they be better off tomorrow because we came to work today? That's a like, great, uh, that's great. I love that. I mean, just, I think, Joe, we need to apply that to our mission every day. It, our, is the garrison better off because we show up to work every day? I love that. I, I'd, I'd like to think so. I, I not, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll use that mantra. Like I, I think some people should take that and put that up above their door when they come into work every day. But I'd like to think that we do that too. So I, I, I like that. Uh, I like that mantra, uh, Jason. 
one thing I've noticed uh, through this pandemic is my commute is much faster when I have to go to Fort Meade. And I know that DISA, um, I can thank you guys for that because you guys are teleworking with the pandemic. So how, how has the pandemic changed DISA's workforce? So it, it's been actually great for us. As you mentioned, that is part of our mission. So we've been fortunate enough to be able to um, really adapt to the environment that was created based on this pandemic. You know, when we were notified that things were going to change significantly at the federal and state level, we turned on a dime and went to a virtual environment within days. And we've been up and running ever since. And that includes our internship program. So we've seen remarkable growth in the internship area, but we've also seen um, incredible, um, incredibly the team, you know, the workforce has really come to, together to deliver capabilities to your point that have enabled you to continue to work as a, as a incredibly beneficial part of the Department of Defense, but we've really enabled that across the department and we did it very swiftly and we did it very much as a partnership across the entire department. And how has that, you mentioned obviously that your um, internship program is still running. So how has the pandemic affected the intern um, recruitment and your strategies towards that? Well, surprisingly, you know, at first when we, when we started talking about this earlier this year, we were a little concerned, to be honest with you. We spent a lot of money on travel. We really went out and did a lot of in-person um, discussions with um, our ambassadors across the agency, whether they were regionally located or here at headquarters. And I myself actually went out and did some traveling to meet with some uh, universities and administrative folks um, across the country. But honestly, we've seen remarkable growth as a result of this. So over the past five years, we've had over 100 students. This year alone, we had 33. And that was even with moving to the posture of 100% telework due to COVID-19. Uh, we also, you know, when we started to think about this and really look what was important to us this year, we took a hard look specifically at the internships and we kind of went through a decision process. But in the end, we decided and determined that students really did need those internship opportunities more than ever. So we did continue to offer internships to folks across the country. When you'll talk, when you talk to Stacy and Josh later, you'll find out where they reside and how they've been able to contribute um, throughout this whole pandemic. But what was really cool about what we did is once we decided to go ahead and offer the internship, we accepted the students that, that we had already talked to, but then also we continued to talk to students who their opportunities fell through for them. So we were more than willing to bring in incredibly talented and gifted individuals that had opportunities else, elsewhere that, that, that um, could not follow through with that commitment. It's been wonderful for us. It's been great to meet these students, to get their perspectives and really to be able to reach them in ways that we wouldn't have otherwise. It's, it's great to, it, it's interesting. It's really interesting to hear how we've adapted our business practices in light of everything that's going on. So it, it actually sounds like due to what's been going on with COVID, the, this has actually changed and modified this program and it's actually been more successful. Is that true? I would say that's probably true. And it's interesting, that has really created some inroads for us in places we wouldn't have thought about before. I have since, you know, since we started the program, um, have really worked across the agency to garner interest from other universities across the country. And we've started to talk about um, uh, 
opportunities with students and with schools that in some cases didn't really have a relationship whatsoever or any alumni, but it's really garnered a lot of interest. And in fact, we now have a broader reach on our brand awareness, our um, brand recognition, things that we had talked you know, before about, do we set up a marketing campaign? Do we work across the department? Well, really this grassroots movement and being able to talk to students in their locations virtually, you know, rapidly um, has been great. For example, I, in the past week, I've spoken to multiple students, I would say five, around the number of five, in their homes from my home, either video or audio, and really been able to tell them about the program, either using charts or bringing other seniors or other team leaders or other team members from across the agency to explain what we're all about and really demonstrate real time what we're doing on a daily basis to contribute to the mission. With all of the things you've had to adapt here, and I do feel, how's that saying go, the right person at the right place at the right time. I think you're the, the right organization, you know, in the right pandemic in the right year, because I don't feel like anybody other than DISA could have, you know, and maybe folks like our partners, NSA and stuff, but the folks on Fort Meade, I think are probably the most prepared to go to a completely digital virtual format. And so quickly, even down at the garrison level, <clears throat> excuse me, even down at the garrison level, we went full telework within a week. Um, so very, very quickly. From all the things that you have learned and lessons that you've learned from this pandemic with your interns, what are you gonna move forward to future classes? So we really became more comfortable, as I mentioned, you know, as the months progressed. So what I believe will happen is this will now become part of our fabric. This will be part of our recruiting strategy. We will work across the agency and across the department to continue this while enhancing, further enhancing our relationships. Again, if you would have asked me this in March, I would have said, wow, that is really a significant challenge. I'm not sure how we would do it. Um, but the fact that we really did um, enable ourselves and the department to turn on that dime, it has just opened up a whole new set of opportunities for us. You know, and, and honestly, the interns who have all been remote have done an amazing job and truly exceeded expectations in this maximum telework environment. They've brought their diverse perspectives, skill sets, determination, and agility to this new internship experience despite the challenges of the pandemic. We are really excited to be part of preparing the next cyber workforce as a result. That's awesome. You got me jazz. I want to come be an intern over at DISA. <laughs> You're always welcome. <laughs> well, before we talk to this, the interns here, because I know you got two amazing interns that we're going to talk to in a second. For anybody in the Fort Meade community listening, how do they learn about these DISA opportunities? And two, are they for high school or college? So can it kind of give us the age range of interns you accept to? So we actually offer internships for high school students, college students, postgraduate students, and career professionals. So we have a wide range of opportunities for folks to join our team. They can all learn more by visiting our website at DISA.mil and if people are interested in learning more about a career with DISA, that is a great place to start. All right. Joe, I think I want to talk to the interns. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, great to, uh, it's great to have a chance to talk to some interns. That's All right. a very rare opportunity. Yes. And, and Mr. Martin, please feel free to jump in on this conversation as well. But we have Stacy Johnson and Josh Harmon here with us. 
Well, first I want to know, uh, Josh, where, where are you from? Where are you calling in from today? Yeah, so I'm currently attending the University of Missouri, Columbia. Uh, and so that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm calling in from Missouri. And that's actually where I did my entire internship from, was uh, remotely from Missouri. Very cool. And Stacy, I see some black and gold behind you. Are you from Pittsburgh? Well, I, um, I'm from Erie, but Pennsylvania. So, yes. <laughs> Ed Edinburgh grad right here. <laughs> see there? That's right. <laughs> so I'm saying we're still winning. That's what I'm talking about. I haven't lost yet. <laughs> but thank you for uh, allowing me to be a part of the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, this is a great opportunity to talk to um, the For Me community. I'm excited. So uh, I'm here in Scott. Um, well, I work at Scott Air Force Base, and I reside in Edwardsville, Illinois. And, um, and this has been a really awesome opportunity for me as well. I didn't think that I would get to do this being that I've already retired from one career field. Now I'm doing another one. So um, this has just been great. I'm so lucky to have been a part of the DISA uh, team. So, yeah. What a great example of your diversity and your interns. Cause you know, usually with Joe, I don't know about you when I think intern, I think, high school, maybe college, and here, mm -hmm. and Stacy, you're in your second career in it, and you're doing an internship with DISA. That's amazing, and that just really shows um, just the diversity of the workforce at DISA, and, you know, I, I love seeing that. I love seeing a mix of, of that in the workforce. Stacy, I guess we'll start with you. Why did you choose DISA for your internship? I chose DISA because, uh, like I said, I, I was previously military, and um, in the military, you, you see things um, from a different perspective, I'll say. So you want everything right now, and, um, and everything moves entirely too slow for you. So being able to um, uh, watch my counterpart, which were the contracting officers, because um, I was a logistician, uh, they used to get stuff here a lot faster. I mean, people would literally try to go around logistics to go straight to contracting because they knew that they would get it immediately and they'd be able to complete their mission. So when I was about to retire, I wondered, you know, how could I continue to make a difference? And what did I enjoy doing? So I enjoyed being a logistician, uh, but I just wanted to do it from a different side, which was the contracting side. And I seen that DISA will train you from the top to the bottom. I mean, they will teach you from just the very, you know, small things for contracting all the way to how to be the best contracting officer you can possibly be. And that's what I wanted because a lot of times, you know, you get trained in bits and pieces, but I want to know how to do it from A to Z and to be great at it. And DISA offered me that opportunity. Uh, even though they, I was, I was retiring, um, I was in college for my, doing my master's, which I'm doing now with Bellevue University. And I have a couple more classes left and I'll be done, but they allow me to come in under the pathways program and still be able to help the warfighter and getting the mission done. So it was a great opportunity for me to continue to serve and to not only serve the air force, but to be able to serve every service. 
which is even better. So I, I was just thrilled to be able to jump on it when I seen it on USA Jobs. Yeah, I, I would say you're you're trying to you're pulling off the hat trick right now with uh, you, you retired from the military, you get your master's degree, and you're 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 you know you're doing this other thing with this whole new career field. That's really impressive. That's really Thank impressive. You. Thank you. So, uh, so let's go back to Josh. Josh, uh, what, what led you here? Yeah, so um, when I, I finished my freshman year at the University of Missouri, Columbia, and it was time for me to start getting a summer internship, was right about the time when the pandemic hit. Um, and I understood that for me uh, to stay um, on track and for me to keep learning at the rate that I needed to, uh, then I needed to get an internship for the summer. And um, I reached out to the faculty at my university because anywhere that I applied or had looked at had all dropped their internship programs. No one was willing to take the risk of uh, still supporting upcoming students, um, except for DISA. And so DISA did a really great job and I'm really, really appreciative of them still providing those opportunities to students. Um, but then once I found out about the DISA program and started learning more about it, uh, I found very early on uh, that the people there are amazing and super helpful and really, really invested in, in uh, both mine and the rest of the interns future and them actually getting great experience out of it. And also the projects that I was working on and the experience I was getting would be specifically applicable to what I wanna do in the future. Uh, with uh, wireless communications and, and things like that for national security. Um, so that's, that's, so once I reached out to the faculty, they referred me to DISA and I was able to get through that way. Yeah, Joe and Sherry, if, if I could add, you know, we've worked to really develop relationships with universities. And I would say Josh's university has been um, a model for, for what we're doing as well as others. I've really found that the career services uh, staff at these universities do truly care about their students and placing them and the partnerships we've been we've created have been great in really placing students and really giving us top quality candidates and, and Josh is absolutely one of them as well and what's interesting Josh Josh mentioned it we've heard it from all of the interns and this was really great to hear as someone who's been with the agency almost 20 years is how welcoming the DISA team members were how helpful and how, how much they really wanted the summer interns to succeed on their projects. So it's been, it's been great to hear that and it's been great to see the experiences and what all they've been able to accomplish over the summer. And I think it's great. The one thing that I like that Josh uh, kind of touched on was that it sounds like if the pandemic never happened, you might've not landed at DISA because it seems like one of the main drivers for a lot of students coming to DISA, which is going to, as you were saying, Jason, expose DISA to more universities was you were one of the only people taking interns. And so I think, you know, as I say, uh, necessity is the mother of invention, right? So, <laughs> so you quickly adapted and then all these amazing students now and all these universities are tapping into a resource that for whatever reason, they may have not been aware of. And I think you're gonna see your, uh, internship skyrocket after after this uh, summer for sure. I'm sure Josh and Stacy have nothing but good things to say going back to their to their classmates. I think uh, <laughs> I think the key word here is uh, versatility. 
this has proven that they can handle themselves in 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 any kind of situation which <laughs> which is which is great which is uh something that um that's going to boost uh confidence in in your programs so like sherry said you, you probably see an uptick in in participation coming soon that would be wonderful it's exactly what we'd like to see why don't this is for both of you and josh if you want to start describe the work that you've been involved when involved with during your internship so so what have you been doing what's your internship looking like um yeah i got the opportunity um, to do a lot of great things through my DISA internship. Um, a lot of it composed of shadowing and being mentored by the amazing qualified and passionate professionals that DISA has uh, and really getting to see, you know, firsthand exactly what a day-to-day -day life works, looks like for someone who's supporting our warfighter. Um, so that was a, a really good experience between, you know, chief technical engineers and with satellite engineers. Uh, I worked primarily in the infrastructure development portion of DISA. Uh, so I got to see a lot of uh, great people specifically in my field and also in management positions and with such a large organization like DISA. Um, that's definitely a, an interesting challenge. So it's great to see how DISA works through that. So I spent a lot of my time shadowing and being mentored. Um, I also spent a lot of my time networking within DISA and just reaching out to all the different facilities and people within DISA that are doing great things, uh, just to kind of understand a bigger, uh, broader understanding of what DISA is, because it's not as simple as maybe just one thing. Um, and then finally, what I spent my time working on at DISA was technical projects. Uh, so I worked within the satellite portfolio of DISA, and I got to um, do in-depth research on emerging technologies and the different technical things that DISA is looking at and, and where they're investing their time in um, to the point that I even got to brief um, some really great people, including the uh, director of DISA, Vice Admiral Nancy Norton, and the um, assistant to the director, Major General Garrett Yee, on what I've been doing on my technical side of things and, and kind of the different things that I've been learning from the internship and also exploring for DISA and, and um, hopefully making a, a good impact with that. Uh, so that's that's really the different things that I spent my time on at DISA. That's really exciting. Yeah. Um, and especially to get to brief such top leadership at DISA, it's, it's putting your research and ideas in front of the two people who could literally make anything happen mm -hmm. there. That's pretty cool. That's something I got as an intern. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Sherry, anyone... Sherry, and, Sherry and, and one of the things that we talked about is we've been talking to student interns and, and other individuals at these schools is that we truly believe in giving them the exposure that they need to be successful. So when I went out and talked to schools, I said, hey, they are going to get executive level experience with folks like me and other mission uh, people or seniors across the agency. And the icing on the cake was getting the director and the assistant to the director to really want to hear. And I will tell you, they were blown away. The interns, like I mentioned, far exceeded expectations and they really did bring some incredible skills to the projects that they delivered on all by the end of the summer. That's amazing. Stacy, what was uh, what's your internship experience been like? What have you been working on? So my internship is is still going. Um, 
I still show up to work every single day and, uh, and get off like everybody else. Mine started um, in January and luckily I was able to start inside of the building and meet people and meet my team. And that's been awesome. And in doing so, we were able to build a foundation. I went to a foundations course and that course taught me everything that I need to know initially about contracting and just the verbiage and the words and just the different things that they say on the floor that I'm not accustomed to. Um, and so that way, once we got out there and started working, it wasn't all new and, and foreign, um, a foreign language to us. So just the foundations course alone, that helped me a lot. And then we moved into this whole telework thing, which brought about its own fears, of course, because again, I am an intern, so I have absolutely no contracting experience whatsoever. But luckily, everyone on my team is very patient and they are very kind. And so they help me at every opportunity, which is really nice uh, through Jabber, of course. Um, and we share screens. And so I've been learning and they've been teaching me. So really, I know how to start contracts. I know how to end them. I know how to uh, do a discontinue on them. Um, I'm literally learning everything I need to know about contracting and how it benefits just the, the Department of Defense um, as a whole. It's been very, very intriguing. And I'm just really lucky to be able to do it. Um, so I'm hopefully, like I said, my internship will probably end in around June of next year, because uh, that's when I graduate with my master's degree. So it's been a long internship, but I think at the end of it all, the knowledge that I've gained is just, it's, I, it compares to nothing else. So I don't think that I've ever, I would ever have gotten this um, hands-on experience and, and information and education and, uh, you know, just mentorship from any other program the way that DISA has provided for me here. So we've heard, we've heard from our two interns who've had little different experiences, but, but really, really meaningful experiences, which is great to hear. Um, Martin, uh, oh, Mr. Martin, so what, what comes next for them after they graduate? I would say that they will be incredibly competitive in the, in the current environment based on this internship. As we've noted, they have done amazing work. They have delivered on capabilities. They have learned and I would venture to bet that they have a significant leg up on the competition in their space, certainly being able to work day in and day out as Stacy has in a longer term uh, pathways type program internship. Uh, number one, she is on the ground and was able to be in person with folks prior to the pandemic. Um, and she is fully embedded with, with the staff out there at Scott Air Force Base at our Ditko location. Josh, on the other hand, um, was one of the few students to be able to actually perform remotely um, you know from a from a distant location with folks on a daily basis also using the capabilities that we've rolled out so whether it's collaboration as, as Stacy talked about we have video capabilities as you know chat capabilities the fact that they were able to use those practical solutions in a in a professional environment and not only um, you know working with with professionals across the board, but being able to deliver on, deliver on national security capabilities and really provide solutions for the department, 
I don't see how there's anything but, you know, endless opportunities for them. Um, in the long term, we certainly want them to be part of the DISA family. We hope that they become part of the DISA family and, and them and all the other interns. And we've actually been able to hire a great number of the interns just based on these experiences. So it's been wonderful all around. Our expectations will see more and more wonderful candidates and they will also become part of the DISA family. Well, I can say that if you do become part of the DISA family, Fort Meade is an excellent place to work. Great community, lots of fun things to do on your time off. We have Annapolis, we have DC. So I'm just saying, lots of nice stuff here. It's uh, lots of hiking, if that's your thing, boating, whatever you like, we've got it here. So, so just a plug for that. But uh, Jason, I just wanna ask real quick, so, in light of the, with the pandemic and the success you've had of the um, virtual internship program, post-pandemic, will there still be a virtual internship aspect? You know, it's interesting. I was asked that question yesterday about a perspective um, from a prospective intern. And I think the answer is, as always in the DOD, is it depends. Right? <laughs> sure. But my guess is this pandemic is going to change the way we look at things and the way we do business. Now, obviously there are mission requirements that must be done on site, as we know as part of the Fort Meade community. So for folks that need to be on site, you know, we, we will need to have them on site. However, as you noted, we have provided significant remote capabilities and we have successfully um, completed a number of internships, a number of project rollouts, you know, developed capabilities, all remotely. So I think where we are right now is we need to really look at what the future holds. And I think as we learn about how life is going to change, um, we will really be able to determine what makes the most sense for any given opportunity. And I think um, the options again are, are endless um, for what we can do. The question is, what is the mission? What do we need to accomplish? And what is the best way to do that? But I would fully expect us to see to see us continue to operate in, uh, in a virtual environment in a number of ways. Yeah, that, I think that, that would be incredible. And I just, I think of all the, all the kids that it would, well, I shouldn't say kids, but all the young adults that it would open up opportunities to um, throughout the country that might not have been able to come to Fort Meade. So I think that's, that's an excellent, um, excellent outlook there. So uh, interns, interns um, I, whoever wants to go first, what advice would you give to other students interested joining this internship program at DISA? My advice to anyone that uh, would be considering the DISA internship uh, would to be to pursue it for sure, no matter what your major or interest is, because DISA is such a large organization, no matter what you're kind of looking at doing or what you wanna be doing, DISA has a spot with qualified and passionate people who are really making a difference right now in that field. Um, so for example, I came in um, as an electrical engineering major, um, originally looking at, you know, like computer science and cybersecurity, and then transitioning to infrastructure development and more of that engineering side of things. Um, so I would definitely say to any incoming people who would be considering the DISA internship to definitely take advantage of it because it's an amazing program and it, it really does make a difference both 
uh, within national security and supporting the warfighter, and also in, in, in individual development and, and learning things about your career and networking with some really great people. What about you, Stacy? So while I will speak to the more experienced, mature uh, <laughs> student, <laughs> um, but don't, um, don't get in your own way, really. Don't let whatever you think is an obstacle, be it age or location, um, if you are wanting to do something after your after you retire or once you get out of a particular career field, um, especially military people, because when we retire, sometimes we are really confused because uh, we just don't know what's acceptable, you know? So um, don't, whatever you have as a dream, follow that, you know? Um, don't, like I said, just don't let yourself be an obstacle to you accomplishing whatever it is that you want to accomplish. And DISA is the best way to do that because DISA, they don't just work with one particular service. So that's what I just truly enjoy is that I am supporting multiple services uh, from one location, you know? So you can still serve, you can still support the warfighter, you can still make a difference um, while you're not in the uniform, but just doing it at a different location, which is at DISA DITCO. And we make the biggest impact on all the Department of Defense and including the, the country. I mean, we do things that people don't realize we do and we have a hand in it. Um, so don't be surprised if what you're wanting to do lines up with DISA because DISA, the, the opportunities that they offer you are just amazing and you can still feel like you are part of the, that family and you still have the same camaraderie that you had when you were in the military. So just go for it, apply and apply yourself and you will not be let down. And they will not let you do this on your own. They're, they will guide you as well. So don't be afraid to follow your dreams. That is amazing advice from both of you. I love it. Uh, Jason, Stacy, Josh, do you have any final thoughts? Anything you want to add that we maybe didn't ask or get a chance to talk about? So I do have one thing to say, Sherry and Joe. Okay. Uh, very important message too. DISA is open for business. As I mentioned, we have always stayed open through all of these challenges. Um, we are always looking for new talent. If someone you know or yourself are interested, please go to DISA.mil, reach out to us, and let us know. Coming up next, we have our Command Information Chief, Larry Whitley, speaking to April Hartsock, a wellness and fitness trainer uh, for the Fort Meade area. We hope you enjoy it. So today we're talking with a young lady, and I can call her young because I'm, I'm older than she is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, her name is April Hartsuck, and she's a, uh, a fitness and, and wellness trainer, health, health trainer. And we're going to talk a little bit about her commitment to Fort Meade and the people of Fort Meade as it relates to a healthy lifestyle. 
So April, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Larry. It's such a pleasure to be here. Indeed. And so, um, so how did you get into this? So, you know, I try to remind people that as a woman, especially a military wife or um, wife of children, we have a tendency to put ourselves on the back burner. You know, we're, we're there for support. We're there to help. We're there to, to watch our husbands grow through the ranks. But the reality is we put ourselves on the back burner and take care and give to everything and everyone else around us. And, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but one day, as I discovered after my youngest son uh, was born, I found myself not liking the shape I was in, not liking how I felt, not liking how I looked. Um, and that was some 22 years ago. You know, I, I realized that no one was gonna do it for me. No one was gonna fix me. I had to fix me. And right. I had to start by choosing to do different. So I got up, I got a, a stroller and I put my son in it and I started walking around the block. Awesome. And, and one thing really led to another, Larry. It was, it, it was natural that I was an athlete as a kid and I was a military brat. I moved all the time, so I was always active. So I knew how to do it. I just needed a little incentive. And my incentive was a health and wellness lifestyle was gonna help me when I'm 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. It wasn't for a pat on the back. It was because it was the right thing to do. So, so you, you talk about it, you know, reaching, being, being an outreach activity um, and you're connecting to Fort Meade is, 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 uh, is your entire life having, having been born at Kimbrough. Yes, sir. Uh, born at Kimbrough when it was an army know. hospital. Yeah, Kimbrough Army Hospital. Wow. Right. That's, that's amazing. But you, you mentioned uh, you have this, this mantra about uh, um, want different, do different. Yes, sir. What does that mean? And how, so, and how does that impact? How can that impact the lifestyle that we see here at Fort Meade? You know, want different, do different is a philosophy. It's a health and wellness movement that says, I am going to be accountable and responsible for the direction I want my life to go. I'm not going to look for someone else to fix it. I'm not going to look for a fad. I'm not going to look for a pill or something that is detrimental. I'm going to get up. I'm going to start putting one foot in front of the other, and I'm going to make choices that lead me in the direction I want to go. I often use the analogy of traveling across country in an airplane. Now, once upon a time when we were traveling across the country, a flight attendant would say, in case of a loss of cabin pressure, an oxygen mask will fall down. Please administer oxygen to yourself first before you help someone else. Right. Well, that's what we need to do with health and wellness is administer the oxygen 
the healthy lifestyle, the learning about nutrition, the learning about activity and exercise so that we can be of the utmost support and help to everybody else. Awesome. That's what want different, do different means. Great. So how does, how does somebody get started doing this? Uh... Great question. So one of the things that I try to do in connection with the Fort Me community is I build programs. We certainly use social media. We have Facebook pages, Instagram pages, we have um, connective groups where you can become involved mm -hmm. and we build programs based on needs. So I have a run training group. I have a boot camp group. I have military style for those who are active duty. I have beginner groups. I have mommy groups where you can have children and come and bring them with you where we can literally create based on the needs of the group, what type of functional fitness exercises are needed to get the desired results. So they simply contact me or go on social media and they can find anywhere. You can look up my name, April Hartsook, and you can find me. Great. So, so you, you, you talk about the, the, the different groups and, and I'm interested in, what you guys just did this past weekend. Yes, sir. Yes, to, sir. The marathon running. Tell, tell us how that all came about and and how your group and, and who composes your group as well. Uh, it was it, it was an absolutely um, humbling and honorable experience. Um, I have put over the last several years, um, twice a year, I do large groups where I put together half marathoners and marathoners. They work as a team for 20 weeks. We have a built-in plan based on their goals, based on their needs, where they run twice a week. And then we meet for a group run on Saturdays or Sundays, depending on the weather. So for the past 20 weeks, since June, we, had originally planned at the beginning of the year that we were going to do this run training to prepare ourselves to run the 45th Marine Corps Marathon in Washington, DC. And with the cancellation of races and the right. virtual races that have now come about, mm -hmm. we knew that we weren't going to let COVID stop us. And that's really why I feel like this is so important to tell everyone just because we're stuck at home or just because we choose to be at home doesn't mean you have to give up on a healthy lifestyle. You can still be smart, socially distant. You can get outside, you can run, you can work out. So we would meet for these runs. Right. And for 20 weeks, I had five amazing women, three women here at Fort Meade with me, one in Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, and one in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Okay. So originally these two outsiders were stationed at Fort Meade, of course, PCS right before our training. Hence, we decided it didn't matter where you lived. It didn't matter what base you were stationed at, that we could utilize social media, chats, Zoom, phone calls, group texts, whatever we needed to do to stay in contact and support each other and push through the training. 
So we built mileage and built mileage and learned nutrition and learned training and learned recovery and all of the things that go along with training for a marathon. And then we prepared for Saturday or Sunday, excuse me, Sunday, October 25th. Little did we know it was going to be 45 degrees <laughs> and freezing rain. Not literally, but it felt frozen after four hours. We set off um, at five o'clock in the morning on Sunday. And quite honestly, it was one of the most beautiful things I had been involved with, not just because of my runners, but something magical happened that morning. One by one, the community of women that have either trained with me, trained near me, been involved in a group, been involved with someone who's training with me, started to show up with blankets, first aid, water stations, umbrellas, a change of clothing, hoodies, shirts, tanks, literally giving you the clothes off their back to keep us warm as we were running. They would get in their cars and they would travel every couple of miles and ring cowbells as the four of us were running around post. 26.2 miles on a small military installation is no easy feat. You end up running in circles. Right. And after a while, the mental toughness can break even the strongest Marine. Mm. But I'm going to tell you, these women were about as tough as they come because <laughs> they got the job done. They dug deep, they buried their head, they pulled out all of their training, they utilized the love and the support of the Fort Meade community, and they got the job done. And, it, and in the end, when we crossed the finish line, it wasn't the medal, Larry. It was the moments, it was the memories, it was the meaning of a community that came together to support each other, the meaning of a close-knit group, the meaning of of the military. It's what our husbands do as they serve this country. And it's what we do to serve our community. Okay. And that's why I do what I do. Well, that's, that's so, that's so inspiring and encouraging. And so, so, so people out there listening to this podcast, uh, how, how, how can they get started? So it, that's interesting because we are getting ready to kick off our November run training through the winter and spring season. And people go, what? You train in the winter? Of course, you train very smart. You train, I've been doing this 20 years. I've never had anyone freeze. <laughs> I've never had anyone quit. Mm -hmm. Basically, you make the commitment to say, I want different. You contact me, April Hartsook. You look it up. You can send me an email. You can find me on social media. Once the contact is made, we start small. You don't even have to have ever run anything. You simply need to say, I have a desire to do different. And I take that into consideration as I build you up. The women who joined my run group that just ran a marathon, Two years ago, they had never run more than three miles. Wow. But slowly, over time, we did a half marathon. And over time, we did another half marathon. And over time, the goals get bigger and bigger. Right. So I don't want people to think that you're going to start out the gate and I'm going to throw you to the wolves and you got to run 26 miles. 
I'm very, very knowledgeable and educated in how I train people. I'm in the business of helping, not hurting. I want them to get healthier and stronger. So they contact me. We start building the teams. We start building a program. And literally, we're off to the races. Well, I, I thank, thank you so much for, for joining us for the podcast today. And I'm sure that, that what you've talked about today, what you provided today, will be inspirational for a number of our, of our uh, community today. And, and hopefully, uh, uh, we'll see more and more people running marathons. I thank you from the bottom of my heart, Larry. I'll leave your, your listeners with this. Want different, do different says. You may not be responsible for the condition you find your life in. However, you are responsible if you choose to stay there.